Good afternoon, or morning, perhaps evening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Nonfiction Thoughts, hosted by me, the luscious Luigi, and I'm joined by my co-host... Hello, everyone. My name is Birdchild, and I am positively, absolutely thrilled to be with you here right now. Is that perhaps because of the we are here? Person sitting next to me. Yes. Yes. We have a very special guest, one we have teased, and are probably since like day one. Probably. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yes. Um. I'm I'm Jorgen. Uh. I'm very excited to be here. After all this time, I've I've heard a lot about it. I've yet to listen in, but <laughs> you know, I've I've been trying. Um. You know, it's exciting to be here, to see you two in person, finally. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a rare occurrence. After, after all this time. Yes. You heard that right, folks. We have finally brought on... Procured, if you will. Banana expert, Jorgen von Strangle. And if you've been listening since day one, you know we've name-dropped him several times. And now, the obligatory chair lowering. That was a good one. I could tell. Yeah, I was like, do I have to go down anymore? And then I, I was like, no, this is <laughs> I the, see, I could the right. see in, in a millisecond the gears turning in your brain. You were assessing your situation. It's always fun to see that, you know? Like when you eat a big plate of food and you're still feeling a little bit hungry and you're like, I don't know, do I really need more food or do I just need to wait a second for my stomach to really feel it? Mm. Unfortunately, I can't join you because uh, Mr. Von Strangle, Jorgen Von Strangle, banana expert, as my chair, because my mic is adjustable, but his mic is non-adjustable. So I, I, it, it, it only makes sense that I have a non-adjustable chair, right. and he has an adjustable chair. Yes, it'd help if I knew how to adjust it. But, you, know. <laughs> you, you got there. It's, it's got like six levers. I mean, I don't know what kind of chair this is. But, you know. It does have a lot of little doohickeys it on does. it. It does. I don't know what the half yeah. of them do. But, you, you can know. even change, you can change the difference in height in the armrests. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I had to do a couple shows like oh that before God. I figured out how to change them, and that was not fun. Like, like up really high. No, no, like they were down really. Oh, they yeah, were one was down low, and the other was up <laughs> high. Was it was pretty, pretty ugly. Have I gotta I, say, have I explained this on air before? But I used to have my chair at home with that lopsided armness on purpose. I do believe um, that you have explained this before. I know I've was, explained it to you before, but I'm not sure if I, if I've done so on air. But regardless. I would sometimes, depending on what I was doing, if I was playing a game with like a mouse and keyboard, I would keep my left hand, my WASD hand, up really high, and I'd keep my mouse hand, I'd keep that arm low and out of the way so that I could have full mobility with my mouse hand, but I'd have an anchor for my, for my left. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Intelligent. It, it sounds from that that I'm like a, a serial gamer who never leaves his basement, but... I swear that's not true, because uh, I, I I do I do I, experience sunlight, contrary to popular belief. I think the only game that you played when we were in middle school was Mountain Blade Warband. Mountain and Blade Warband, which that's I believe you, Jorgen, yeah. were also a big fan of. Yes, that's, that's right. Really I forgot. Classic. Mountain Blade is not a very popular game, so when someone else has not only heard of it but actually played it, it's a pretty big deal for me. Yeah, no, it was. There were many great memories on that game. Very much so. There's a new one out. I mean, I say uh, a new one out. It's been out for like four years now, but it's still pretty cool. Have you played is it? it? Just, is it Mountain Warblade 2 or is it Mountain some Blade 2 Bannerlord? Yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's, a, it's a whole, it's a total overhaul. Almost unrecognizable, but the core is still there. And it's really cool to see. I don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't have it because I have a Mac and it only runs on Windows and it's also like 60 bucks. But I'd love to play it someday. Perhaps one day. Yeah, I can tell you it's a very delightful game. It, it's really, really impressive what they did. Like, it's this really tiny Turkish studio who made the original, and it just massively, mm -hmm. massively expanded. What and was it? Tale Worlds, right? Yeah, I believe so. And it's, I mean, it's huge how it's become and all the content they put into that game. And it was really impressive to see, but I don't really have a ton of hours in it. Right. I just played it to see. Right, right, right. Yeah, I have, I have a, a fair amount of hours in in Warband. I don't have that many hours in many games, though. Really, it's just Warband, Gmod. I love Gmod mm. with all of my heart. 
and Minecraft too, probably. Yeah. I have never played Gmod. You're messing out. <laughs> you might. I, I don't know. Am I really though? I feel Other like Gmod's kind of. No, Gmod is a. It's a. Oh, it's a. It's a wonderful experience. Gmod is fantastic. It's, do you have any? Do you have any funny Gmod stories like the the YouTube videos? Okay. <laughs> Don't tell me you're referring to Skibbity Toilet, please. Uh, potentially, I don't know. There were there were more than one. I remember growing up. So okay. I'm sure, you can attest, Jordan. Oh, yeah. You seem like the you were the type to watch Gmod oh, comedy. Gmod comedy. Okay, so in my opinion, I have never had an unfunny Gmod moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, Interesting. Maybe, maybe some of them were more cool than they were funny, but it's just such a liberating creative experience. It's like Minecraft. In the sense that it is Mm -hmm. an unparalleled creative medium. You can just do literally whatever you want. They give you the tools to do anything possible. They being Gary (laughs) and his mod of Half-Life 2. And that's another interesting thing about it is the culture of Gmod is, is unlike any other game that exists. Because it's not a standalone game, it's a mod of Half-Life, of the Half-Life series. And it, it exists as base level as like a parody. Like the game itself is almost a parody. It's the same engine, isn't it? It's the exact same engine. It's the exact same everything. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. That, that's kind of funny to me. I always thought Gmod looked kind of funky. Yeah, I mean, you get a group of friends in Gmod, like, that's great. That's exactly. Just, that's a setup for a great time. That's, that's just pure I fun. could imagine. Imagine, okay, you, you know the movie Spaceballs? Yes. Mel Brooks's Spaceballs? That's basically Gmod, right? It's Gmod the game. It's G- yeah, like like it's the same culture, you know. Okay, makes sense. So so like Star Wars is is the Half Life series. Valve made that, of course, legendary right. game series. And then Gary took it and he was like, you know what? I'm gonna do like Skibbity Toilet out of this. And he made <laughs> and he made and Mel Brooks made Spaceballs, and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. But yeah, no, it's just it's a totally unlimited creative sandbox. You can do. Genuinely, whatever you want. In fact, I want to pose this as an exercise to myself. I'm going to see if I can remember all the add-ons you could get. I want you to give me a scenario, and I'm going to tell you how you could make that come to fruition in Gmod. Uh, Jorgen, I think you're, you're far better equipped to Jorgen, come up make a scenario. Up, make up something. Just a scenario that you would love to see happen in the game. Oh, I don't... I mean, <laughs> I, I already know you can do all sorts in it. I Right. So challenge me, then. Oh my goodness! I, I can't think of a scenario to put into Gmod. Yeah, it's just I it's, want a flying car that's gonna run on trash. <laughs> that that pretty much already exists in the yeah. base game. You, you, I, take I, a you car, don't gotta poop on my party here, dude. You, you take a car, you add a thruster, and then you map it to your your key you want. But does it run on trash? Okay, actually, you can. One of the base game thruster skins is a trash can, so you can make your thruster look like a trash can. It's like, imagine you'd have a rocket ship, except instead of those big, beautiful cones with the flames coming out, they're just massive trash cans. And that's, you just attach that to a car. It's not hard to find car add-ons. Maybe put some wings on it or something. You got a flying car that runs on trash. Boom, there you go. Fair enough. I'm kind of curious. What was your like Gmod experience like? Like, were you going on like the Magical. servers? No, like... I always did single player. Mm, I see. This is interesting. I have always been a single player kind of guy. Like, I enjoy multiplayer, but all the games I play, Minecraft, Gmod, and Warband, they exist. Well, Warband is more of a single player game, but they're, they're certainly Minecraft and Gmod, they have a big emphasis on multiplayer. And I never really enjoyed that. That's why I never played like CSGO or COD or anything. Because there was like no single player versions. Like, I don't want to have to worry about joining rooms and finding lobbies and people. Mm -hmm. I just want to play on my own. And who knows? Maybe that's very telling of my (laughs) developmental years. But (laughs) (laughs) there's, I feel like there could be a lot to unpack there. But that's not for here. I mean, there is a pretty interesting analysis of like, or like old multiplayer games, like when the you know Xbox early Xbox Live COD mm-hmm. lobbies and things like that, mm-hmm. with the the horrible mics. You remember the old yeah, trolling videos? Of course. I watched a very interesting analysis of online gaming now versus back then, 
It was a very different mm. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It was much more social. Like you yeah. get on and it was kind of new. So everyone was like, they hey, hey, what's going on, man? Yeah. How you doing? They didn't really understand the anonymity and the toxicity that that brings about, you know? Yeah. Well, it was still certainly a part of it. Eventually. Right. But it was also just like, back then you were in the games lobby. Right. Like you weren't, nowadays I think a lot of people play on Discord sure, or in sure. like external party chats. Mm-hmm. Back then, if you were playing COD Zombies online, you had a mic, you were in the game lobby. Right. And everybody you were playing with could hear you and you were only playing with them. Right. I think like in some games, like, Fortnite or Overwatch, people like kind of have a nostalgia for that because like when you get in like a random lobby in the, those games, like it's the same kind of like discourse that would have happened like a decade ago, and I think that's mm. part of the appeal because it's like you know you don't really see that much anymore in yeah. games where it's just like a group of people like kind of talking toxically and you mm-hmm. know like oh you're doing bad like you know you're messing up you know dissing on each other yeah uh, and all the stuff that entails. I feel like the only time you see anyone talk is when you're. Doing poorly. Yeah. Or somebody's yeah. yelling They're game strategies. He's behind you. Yeah. Shoot him. Or, shoot or, him. Or call outs like in CSGO. Yeah. And yeah, I, I never really liked CSGO, especially because the call outs, when I first played, it was with a, uh, some of our friends who mm. were much better at CSGO than I. And they were giving me all these call outs and I did not understand a single one of them. Like through passage. Through passage towards B, I'm like, I don't, guys, I've played this map for maybe 15 minutes. I still do not know where B is. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, for them, they have so many hours that, like, oh, A and B, they know where that is in space. It's like for us, you know, like, on campus, if you say where a building is, like, you know where that is in space. Yeah. But that early into it, it's like, I have no idea. I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's just very unfriendly towards newcomers. Makes sense. A lot of games can be like that, where, like, the the audience that's playing them and playing them and playing them becomes so like in and of itself it's hard for new people to like, mm-hmm. enter into mm-hmm. and a lot of games are kind of like, gate kept yeah that's another reason why I like multi or single player so much is that there that is just that completely ceases to exist as soon as you're just in single player it's like this is completely my own there's no one else here you know no for one sure. else to gatekeep it yeah that's true yeah, I much prefer multiplayer games, but it's like people you already know and you're mm. all coming into it with a similar experience. You know, yeah. like I, I agree with you. I, I, I could never like join a random COD lobby and really enjoy it because right. it's like, you know, it's I don't know really what doing. And I feel like I wouldn't mind doing that. It's just that other people don't do that anymore. Hmm. Like I, I have jumped on and tried to talk, but everyone's just like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. And then, yo, turn leave. around, turn around. It's yeah. Like, all right, I, I'm going to go find another lobby. Yeah, like throw me a bone here, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I've, I've played some, I, Jorgen, back to what you were saying, I've played some games like, uh, you guys know Crunker? Mm-hmm. I love Crunker. I feel like I've heard of it. It's a, it's a browser-based FPS, and okay. it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's a, it strikes a similar graphical style of like Roblox, kind of. Yeah, it's a little like It's very blocky. Very primitive, but I guess that that's easier because it runs it runs a lot smoother because a lot of the people who are playing it are like kids and yeah. they're playing it on like their Chromebook or like their their parents' laptop or something. Yeah, and so it it's browser based and so it's it's super nice that way. But Ryan O'Kirk and I we went into it together, so mm-hmm. it was like you it, it was like you know you're not thrown to the wolves a because the wolves are like eight. <laughs> and, and B, you have someone else there with you with a skill of zero, and right. you're, you're learning together. So yeah, I don't know. That was Makes a fun sense. game. Yeah, Crunker is one of those like FPS games that I could really like. I was the only one I really got into. You mm-hmm. know, like, when I was a kid, I played Halo and stuff, but that was mostly single player. Or, like, right, my cousins, you know, on a like split a screen. Campaign. But um, Crunker is like so easy to just play, and it doesn't like you don't feel the stress you would in like. CSGO or something yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm messing up and everyone's yelling at me. It's like, you know, I'm playing a pixelated game with kids. Yeah, you know, there's right. also pretty much no, from what I've experienced, like almost no mic chat. It's almost yeah. all in the in a in a text window. Mm-hmm. And when it is, it's like at the very, it's only ever GGs at the end of a match. There's no like in in round toxicity, or sometimes it is. Sometimes mm-hmm. if it's like someone's hacking or something, you know, yeah. right. I've seen that a lot in Crunker. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a simple game. 
Exactly. Yeah. Ryan O'Kirk, when he when he started getting good, people accused him of being a hacker. <laughs> and that was that was how he knew he was having a good round. He's like, oh, you know, this round I'm not really I haven't really found my stride. I'm not doing so well. But next round, you know, oh, I'm on a roll. I'm on a hot streak here. People are like, oh, you're a hacker. He's like, yes. <laughs> I never played Crunker, but I did play Pixel Gun 3D. Oh, wow. Do you guys remember that? I did have no recollection that? of that whatsoever. Okay. Uh, some people played it. I might have been in the minority, but it was an iOS, Android, Minecraft, first-person shooter. Wow. And it was, <laughs> it, as it like developed more it became more and more cod like and that's why i stopped playing but initially it was pretty fun you just kind of jumped on and a bunch of other 10 year olds would be playing in like the party <laughs> chat mm. so you just get on and shoot and i remember there was this glitch not a glitch it was an exploit you could do you delete the app and start again it would save your data but you could do the tutorial over and over to get lots of money ah so i bought the most expensive gun in the in the game which was an insta kill oh a lot of people didn't like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, which is fair. That could, uh, you certainly could make an argument that that was a little unethical, but I was still. like eight. Yeah, I okay, mean. No, not eight. I was like 10. But. <laughs> you were like 14. Okay. This is, <laughs> you were 18. This was, this was earlier this week. It's yeah. over. That, that was, I, I assume it's like uh, Crunker in that way. Yeah. It's kind of a okay. a light first but it's person funny shooter. too though cuz there are some sweats on there. There are some really sweaty people. Like we say this totally ignoring the fact that there are some lobbies with with like 25-year-olds who stream it on Twitch who are like decked <laughs> out with all of the skins and are like absolutely cracked. That can be fun. That's kind of epic. It can be fun if they're on your team and you're just like cleaning up. But it it is funny cuz like I remember one time I was like, how big is Crunker's? And I looked it up on Twitch and they were like, there are some people who like stream Crunker as like a living. That's, that's kind of epic. That's how you know a game is like popular. Yeah. Is, is when, you can stream it. Is when you can stream it and like be comfortable streaming it too. I feel like that's got to be like an ironic streaming in a I, sense. I you know, know what I mean? I like, don't I don't know. Are there, are the is it, is Clunker, Crun, uh, sorry, Crunker. Clunker. Is Crunker really that? height of a game for it to be like it's competitive pretty good I, it's, is it it's a well-made game it's hey, a you say it's well a browser game, game so it i feel like it's based. kind of again though eh. like if you it is obvious i remember when i got my new computer that was my benchmark was <laughs> crunker <laughs> on my old computer i had to run the graphics at like a bare minimum and i would still pull only like in the teens of fps's if i was lucky Dang. And then on my my new, not sponsored by Apple, but if you'd like to sponsor us, Apple, please let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram or the platform formerly known as, formerly known as Twitter, which everyone else should be doing, by the way. Anyway, I remember at like max graphics, I could still easily go past 120 FPS, which is the refresh rate mm -hmm. of the monitor. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is nice. So those guys who do have like 40, 90 graphics cards like they can they can clean up yeah. it runs pretty well i gotcha so the other day I'm, I'm shifting gears here yes the other day uh as i was asking jorgen here if he would finally be free to record and he was indeed and i said oh let's go I, there's a couple rules we got to follow on the show so i i text him that and i said you know i remember i'm luigi he is a bird child and you are jorgen and Jorgen responds with, my name is Walter Hartwell White. <laughs> I live at 308 Negro Royal Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87104. This is my confession. Was it the whole thing? And ever since Just you did that. the first paragraph he said. Ever since you said that, Siri has gone, address found for Jorgen von <laughs> Streichel. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> I, I thought you would enjoy that that, that was pretty so, good that was, I, I appreciate that it's a shame I, I would like to talk about Breaking Bad on this show but I this is, this is a little embarrassing I'm a little ashamed to admit this but I went almost my whole life without seeing Breaking Bad I watched it over the summer finally I had seen Better Call Saul but I had never seen Breaking Bad and so for that reason, I hesitate in case there are people who 
who still have not seen Breaking Bad? Because I know that there live people on Earth who have not seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which, first of all, is sad. But I was one of those people not that long ago. So I would like to clarify that you stopped at like season four or something and then watched all of Better Call Saul. Two, I believe. You stopped after you started. Correct. Which, you know, might not have been the best idea. Hmm. Jorgen, when did you watch Breaking Bad? Oh, I don't know. I believe it was two years ago. And then I only finished Better Call Saul when the last season came out on Netflix. And I hadn't even realized there was a last season that released like many years before because it, it wasn't on Netflix and everything else was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. So it was pretty recently. What about you, Luigi? I, I want to say two summers ago, I think okay. I finished watching it. Especially because like... I can't speak to other demographics, but certainly in youth culture, at least, Breaking Bad has made culturally an enormous resurgence lately. And I think a lot of people, including myself, who hadn't seen it or who have seen it and just wanted to watch it again because it's been like almost a decade now, um, if not more, right? Uh, since at least the first season came out, um, then that's a, that's a really fun experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I was walking down the road back to my dorm, and the people in front of me, this guy was like, oh, my goodness, like, there's this drug dealer, and he's in this RV. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? Like, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is some intense stuff this guy's laying out. And then as he keeps explaining the situation, I realize he's just telling his friend about Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, of course. Of course. It, I mean, it's huge, though. It's, yeah. It's, I, mean, but it, I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully it's so. it's really one of the best shows show. of all time. Yeah, for sure. It's just extremely well done as we've said before it probably is objectively in our opinion, in our opinion the greatest television show yes. oh, objectively correct. what about big bang theory <laughs> i retract my earlier statement <laughs> it was something upsetting i i've been watching a lot of youtube shorts unfortunately I, I got rid of instagram to avoid instagram shorts that i go on youtube that yeah. i watch youtube shorts yeah and a lot of them are from the Young Sheldon <laughs> show, like short clips of yep. the Young Sheldon show. How did you end up on I Young Sheldon? Okay, I YouTube shorts. I, I'm gonna put a pin in this. I'm gonna put a pin in this. I'm gonna let Jorgen continue his story, but I want to come back to that. Okay. I, I don't know how it happened. I mean, I get all sorts of stuff on YouTube shorts, but Young Sheldon clips have been prevalent, like consistently, for like months and months and months of my YouTube shorts feed. <laughs> it's I, I can't even watch the show, but I see it on my YouTube shorts. It's kind of upsetting, but. Anyway, you can go It's on. very upsetting. Okay. I I hate to say this, but my <laughs> my YouTube shorts are also filled with young children. <laughs> as are as are Ryan O'Kirk's. So the two of us, <clears throat> we always joke that the two of us were very similar people in a lot of ways. Which is a little scary because in the in the ways that we are dissimilar, it you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, we're really similar. It's kind of scary. But anyway, I digress. Point is, according to YouTube, to Google, to Instagram, according to all of these social media platforms and databases that have extensive profiling done on us, we are the same person. Like our our YouTube recommended is identical. Our all of our feeds are identical. All of these things that have profiles on us, they they perceive us to be the same person. So our YouTube shorts are full of young Sheldon. They're full of the Sopranos. They're full of House MD. Lots of lots of House MD. I see Jargon shaking his head. Lots of House MD. Some Big Bang Theory. Tons of Peaky Blinders. Suits. Like it's it's all the same. And that's not just the two of us. I preface that with we are like the same person, but this goes far beyond that because YouTube Shorts does this thing where it periodically just pushes a, a, a show and young Sheldon is a pretty, is a common one for it to push. But again, it pushes house, it pushes Peaky Blinders, it pushes all that stuff all the time. And it's really strange, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting. It is. I, I think it, it must have like many categories of people that it can clump you into. And it's mm-hmm. really accurate. Like, I'm sure it also has, I mean, it's got a, okay, this is a little tinfoil hat. This is, this is entering the realm of speculation, and I want to make that abundantly clear. 
But I have to wonder if there's not a little bit of, we'll call it skid greasing, you know? <laughs> like You're going to have to define for me. <laughs> so, so Suits on Netflix was, it's a very old show. Mm-hmm. And yet it has come back in a big way. It's come back has been huge. And I have to wonder if that was because of the YouTube shorts or if that was, or if the YouTube shorts are, are merely a symptom of that. I see. So case one, it blows up. Oh, yay. Sh- uh, Suits is big again. They make a bunch of money and then mm-hmm. people start making clips of it. That's case one. That's very, very likely. Case two is YouTube shorts were starting to be, people started making clips. And because of that, everyone's like, oh, I want to watch Suits now. And then it blew up. That's case two. I'm not sure if that's actually what happened. But if it did, that'd be very curious. Because then I'd have to imagine if there are studios or marketing teams who push this content or who, you know, uh, what's the word? Commission it. It's possible. I wouldn't be surprised. And then that's likely if you commission like, hey, you know, you make clips of my TV show. Like Mm -hmm. that, I'm sure that happens all the time. But the one that I'm curious to see is if people are like, hey, YouTube, I will pay you if you push this, my clips in people's recommended. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it's been going. I could definitely say almost every clip of a show I get on YouTube shorts is a show I never watched before or usually I didn't watch before. And usually I keep getting those clips and I, until I want to actually watch the uh-huh. show. That's uh-huh. the exact effect it has. Like the other day I was looking up Oh, where can I find like this show that yeah. I saw on YouTube Shorts? It, they got me. Yep. I have to say, they got me. Hook, line, and sinker. Advertising works. Yeah. <laughs> it does. So I wanted to bring this up earlier, but then we change subjects. When we were talking about Mountain Blade or Blant. <laughs> Almost. <clears throat> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Mountain Blade War Band. Bingo. Uh, Jorgen, I know that you've been working on a game. Is it at all similar to Mountain War Band? Well, you want to talk about it a little bit? Uh, your, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll your AAA blockbuster. He's got um, something cooking. In a way, it's similar to Mountain Blade because it, it's a map. It's a map game. And I've had this huge issue where I, I'm obsessed with map games. I think lots about maps. I love map games. They're great. They're really, They're really great. Fun. And it's, just, it's interesting how a certain sort of person can easily be drawn into spending thousands of hours looking at maps. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine from an outsider looking in, like, well, what must be so interesting about maps to these people, you know? And I'm sure, you know, it's, it's much very confusing to a lot of people, but I find it very interesting. So it's my own kind of take on a map game, and I've, I've, I've really had a huge vision. You know, a lot of it is stuff I really won't be able to accomplish, but, I mean... Just the process of trying to make it has really been interesting, and I've learned a lot, and I found lots of ways to like do things, and I think it's a really interesting thing I've created. Um, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Real quick, can you explain exactly what a map game is? Because I don't think I've ever played one. If I'm um, being honest, you probably haven't. They're map very specific. Game. Yeah, they they sound very game like with a map specifically niche. Yeah, I got that. Much. <laughs> no, like most games, like Mario, sure? like you play Mario, and then you go out, and it's the map. A map game is just, just a map. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, like, legitimately, it's it's just like it usually. It's usually like you're a country and you like expand or you work inward on your country and build things. Or sometimes, like total war in games like that, the focus is like you're a country or a, or a commander, and the focus is like these battles and setting up for the battles. Um, that's usually how these games run, and. It's just it's mostly just about looking at a map and expanding your seeing your color and your name grow bigger and bigger is like the main appeal of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's usually historical map games that I play, like specifically Paradoxed, Europa Universalis, Hearts of Iron Four, uh, Victoria Three. Now. And Paradox is the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I mean, they basically have a monopoly on this like one very specific genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some other people making similar games, but like. It's like a really, really specific formula they have for like four or five different games. Right. Yeah. So Luigi, think if if a normal, I say quote normal <laughs> game is like you're in the macro, you're in the micro, and then every once in a while you'll take a step back and be in the macro. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in the level and every once in a while, once you beat the level or something, you take a step back and you look at the map. Map games are more likely than not the opposite. Like, for example, Mountain Blade Warband, it's very much in the macro. And every once in a while, you'll be in the micro. The, right. the, the trend is, is the opposite. But there so, are a lot of games where it's, it's just the map. Like, there is no micro. It's just, just looking at a map. So is this... Is a map typically there war games now? Are you managing like yeah. your your settlements and such, and warring with others? I mean, so are you like directing units and managing like resources and stuff, kind of like Civ? It's kind of. Or, it's interesting. I mean, I started out on Civ. Like my my dad played Civ, and that's so how Civ I was is first a map introduced. game. Civ is a okay. map game, but it Civ's focus is kind of different. As in Civ, everyone starts out on an even playing field, and you all get a chance to like build up. And there's you don't have to just fight people there's other ways to win right right in map yeah. games a lot of times there's no real winning i know in paradox titles there's mm. no end goal that like you you win you know you make your own goals it's like a very sandboxy thing where it's mm-hmm. like i can i want to achieve this these borders or i want to get this to this crazy place or i want to build up this much and that's kind of the appeal of it i guess hmm. yeah there, okay. there isn't really a, a win state um Besides, you know, obviously total control is is a pretty common one, but it can be whatever you want. Uh, I will say, though, that, oh, no, what was I going to say? That's so... Un- oh, I have yes, no idea. I remembered. I remembered. So you asked if it was like a war thing. Yeah. I will say that there are almost... There's, there's very few other ideas or concepts or engines that could drive people wanting to spread themselves on a map other than war right yeah like makes... like if you have a if you have a map you have a bunch of different factions mm-hmm. if your goal is to spread your own influence that's almost never something that's almost always war right right yeah so it, it it you i feel like it usually turns out that way gotcha i think one of the most interesting like paradox map games has been crusader kings you're familiar a little bit. It's you don't play as a country as all their other games. You play as a person, mm-hmm. and it, it's set at the medieval period. So, the, uh, like instead of just conquering other people, a lot of the focus of the game is just your relationship with other people. Because you know Europe at the time was just an intertwined, complicated mess of different families, mm-hmm. and you know like different titles you held, and it much wasn't less so much about countries. Borders. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was much less countries and more fiefs and kingdoms and people and families. I mm-hmm. think families is a, is a yeah good right okay. I mean, it, it creates a really interesting game mm-hmm. where, like, there's so many different uh, avenues to go down. Like, you could just do war, but you can also, like, marry people off strategically, and there's a lot of management in that. Also, or... inbreed, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Yeah. That's, it's encouraging. the boys <laughs> recreating the Habsburg family tree in the map game. <laughs> Truly. But, yeah, uh, Warband, it's a little less of a map game because mm-hmm. there is a lot of, like, it, it, it's not just the map. You can play. There are some play styles where you're probably hardly ever looking at the map. Um, but again, it is similar in that you just play as one person um, and you, you control your own destiny. Like, that, that is the plot. Like, there isn't a lot of plot usually in these map games because, like Jorgen said, it's, it's very just... It's very nebulous. It's very sandboxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the plot, it's like, you know, oh, you're an adventure. You've come to make your own destiny, and that's the plot. Like, yeah, you, know, okay. you can do whatever you want. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Join whomever, betray whomever, um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's, it's very, like, interpersonal. Yeah. Almost. Like, yeah. You're, I assume you're playing with people and not against a computer. Or usually, I, is it a little it's bit It's usually about? a computer, yeah. Oh, usually. I mean, okay, so they're not player, usually pretty multiplayer. pretty much single player, yeah. Oh. Actually, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a pretty interesting RPG I think, concept. I you think know what I mean? the reason it's not multiplayer is because these are very long-term games they're Mm. very long-term like jorgen i peep your steam profile i see that you have like thousands of hours (laughs) in some of these games i had to cut myself off yeah like you don't you can't really do that in real time with another person Mm. yeah it makes sense so the thousand hours like that's something you build up by yourself you can't it's it's very difficult to coordinate that with with someone else you know yeah and besides it wouldn't be very realistic if like one country for the next 50 years 
is active and then the other country just lies dormant mm. for 50 years you know like that that's yeah that right really it's a really that hard to like actually organize a multiplayer for yeah. these games because if someone just wants to leave and has something else to do that might just end your whole game yeah exactly. yeah it makes sense but like when you do get a group of people together for something like that it's like you'll, you'll be talking about it for like months and mm. months and months because it's it's really a beautiful it's very thing cool for it to come together. Like, very cool. Sounds like a D and D campaign. Yeah, almost. Cause it's a it's long and like, like a D and D campaign, but like at least twenty four hours. You mm. know. Yeah. Like it's it's a whole thing. Like a lot of D and D campaigns go way longer than twenty four hours. Well, just broken up in yeah. the session. Yeah, you know what I mean. Actually, my first D and D game was with Jorgen von Strangle. Oh, I but I ruined it for you. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still a fun story to tell. What happened in that one? Is it even something uh, we can share, or is it? I, I can I can make it PG ish. <laughs> so, was I the guy Fieri gnome in that one, or was I? Uh, I think you were Gru from Despicable Me. Oh, oh classic. Uh, <laughs> what class is that? Uh I don't even know. Wizard. I see. I don't. I don't think actually. I don't. Even I don't know remember. I I remember that we were like, in some like kind of caves or something, mm-hmm. and uh, I was I was a rogue. I almost always play a rogue. You were an elf or something. I was a half-elf rogue, and apparently yeah. you didn't like me because you were uh, Gru and racist towards elves. Right. No, I don't think I was Gru. I think I was a gnome in that one. Maybe somebody else was Gru. I was Gru in a later one for like a one-off thing. I, I do remember that for some reason, the item that we were trying to acquire in these dark caves was the naked swim-fast ring. Yes. In I which for it, it to work, ring. you had to be totally naked. And then you could swim really fast. So whoever was Gru put it on their nose <laughs> and got naked and swam really fast and uh-huh. I think saved us. And then I remember we were in some dwarvish town entirely made out of wood. Right. Mm. And uh, Jorgen, <laughs> you decided that you were going to consume abhorrent amounts of, of alcohol. So you did so and <laughs> just wreaked havoc in the town. And then we snuck into a church, the did local you, church. Did, you, did he set the town on fire? Perhaps. He did not. Okay. But he did do something in the town. All so right. we, we walked into this uh, congregation of dwarves uh-huh. practicing Dwarf their religion, religion. the uh, baboon and beer religion, right. in yeah. which they worshipped from the big book of baboons and beer. I see. Being a rogue, I was like, all right, let's not charge in there and, and make a loud ruckus. Oh, not uh, well. Jorgen decided, because he was drunk, he's just going to charge in and make a loud ruckus. Right. So they all turn their attention to him, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to sneak around. So I stab this dude in the butt with my sword, and I, I collect the big book of baboons and beer. I'm sorry. I, I just have to stop you really quick. Sure. Is the big book of baboons and beer, is that actual D&D lore, or is no. that just something you made up? That's... It's just something that Danude made up. He okay. was our dungeon master. Okay, okay. I mean, it's just, I think it's almost impossible to have, like, a, a really coherent, well well done campaign with a group of middle school boys. You know, this is also yeah, true. That is, so, you gotta really, mean, it was really funny. You gotta, you gotta be really game. into it. Yeah, you have a love of the craft to, to <laughs> you know. do that. Basically, as we were outside of the congregation, our other friend Stoops came in. Yes, and uh, he looked at Denude, and he said, uh, "Denude, there's still that flask of oil in that lantern from oh, last no. time." Oh, and that's Denude who goes, did it. Oh no. Yeah, I think so. And Stoops goes. I break the extra flask of oil and spin it around the church. I use the lantern and I light it on fire. <laughs> oh, boy. And the entire town went up in blazes. You know, I will say, I'm surprised that the dwarves, um, I'm surprised that the dwarves built their, their, their town out of wood. They, they strike me as, a, as an underground mm. slash stone masonry type of peoples. Looking back on it, I There's do think that was of- pretty weird. There's yeah. a lot of things looking back on it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I think you, we also ended up on a side quest and George decided to um, do the autopsy and ended mm. up just making a mess. Oh. so It was less about playing the game and like having an engaging story as it was about creating like the most hilarious scenarios we could imagine. That yeah. checks out. It, like I remember in middle school, me and some other people in that group, uh, we... Watched a lot of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, so that became that part explains, of our that explains a lot. Person, and that yeah, ex- yeah that it really does. The campaign and like just how I was in middle school, because like you know everything was like a skit to me. It was kind of, <laughs> it led to really funny things looking back on it, but uh, oh, I don't know. An interesting way to approach life is everything yeah. is a skit. You know, it's all an episode. It's episodic. 
Well, I can tell you that because of that mindset, I did not understand a word that Jorgen said when I first met him in seventh grade for about a month. Uh, I had no idea what he was saying. And I think my favorite moment was when he uh, went, Luigi, did you do the ham whack? (laughs) And I said, the what? And he goes, you know, the ham whack. Did you whack those hams thoroughly? And I said, Jorgen, what are you saying? And he goes, the ham whack. And he, you opened your binder and you pulled out a picture that you drew of a ham and wrote ham whack above it. Wow. Slapped the page and went ham whack, you know? Didn't, did you whack those hams thoroughly? And I went, what? Everything was just an elaborate skit that was only funny to me and it was really beautiful. <laughs> but do you remember the orange incident? I'm in- sorry. I'm sorry. For for those who unaware, this this is homework. No? Yeah. Yes. It, he was, was talking homework. about homework. Was talking I don't remember homework. how I figured that out. Homework, I think you I think you said ham whack. The teacher assigns it like every night you go home, you do it, you come back. Yeah. You you whack those hams thoroughly and you give it back to the teacher. And I said, Oh, you mean homework? And he goes, yeah, ham whack. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm sorry. Oranges. Yeah, do you prefer, um, it, it was some kind of talk we were given, and then I had drawn like a picture of an orange, and I, I showed it to you. I was just sitting in front of you in this class. Ah, uh, the orange. I don't like, think it, it I remember It was like some that. kind of metaphor where it was like, oh, the orange is like a peel and this and that, and I was like pretending to take notes. So like, oh, and then I show you my notes, and it's just a picture <laughs> of an orange. Do you remember this? That was in uh, that was in twelfth grade English. Mm-hmm. We, wow, that was <laughs> like two, three years ago. Yeah. So I, I think the teacher Recently. was saying that like <laughs> I forget exactly how it was, but it was like the funniest incident. He was class. he was saying like your essay should be like an orange mm, or something. Right. Like that. He said like the the rind you peel away the rind right. Yeah. That's like what what you initially grab onto and then you take mm. it away and you get to the juicy fruit. Or something, uh-huh. and you work your way to the center and you eat it. Yeah. And I remember we were all sitting there, kind of like, "Okay, that's a little odd." Yeah. And then, then you did exactly that. Mm-hmm. You drew a picture of an orange. You showed it to me. Yeah, I think I wrote like, "This is the essay," and I pointed an arrow at the orange. And that was the entire notes page I had written. How far through the year was this? Was this like Near, at the very the beginning? Yeah, it was towards uh, middle, middle, maybe? middle to end. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Wow. We were, we were well entrenched in this class. I was going to say, yeah, I, I was like, that's a, that's an interesting way to open, you know, but once you sort of get familiar with your students, it was pretty funny. I yeah, think, I think uh, he, you did end up showing that to yeah, him and he, he thought was, it was pretty he, funny. We were laughing and no one else was laughing. So the class just paused like, what's going on? <laughs> so he had to come over and be like, yeah. what, what, what'd you write there? And I, I knew it. Was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <smart> guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So so was it shown in front of the class? I don't know if it was shown, but I, I knew it was explained at some point. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. the teacher came over and looked at it. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pretty me. awesome teacher. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. I mean, he would probably taught like our parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They he was there a long though. time. He was there since the 70s. Yeah. He was really awesome. Amazing. If I don't, if, if I recall correctly, what, was it 45 years? Something like that. The Mr. Nineteen seventy to something. I remember a lot yeah. of the teachers. Some of the teachers there. Mm. You know, you know, a teacher's been there a long time. When you go to a school and you have one teacher and go, "Oh, you know, Mr. L down the hall, he taught me." Yeah, right. Like that's that's yep. crazy. But you know what he did? Oh, Mr. L down there, down the hall, he didn't teach me. He taught my parents. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you teach a teacher, that's you're old, right? But when you teach a teacher's parents. Oh my God! You've seen a thing. Right? Actually, he's still doing. Level. He's doing a good job. You know, I'll give him. That. He was. I mean, he, he did was the a really plays good teacher too, right? He he did plays. He was a. He director. directed the yeah. fall plays that we had mm. at our school. Yeah, for a number of years until our last year. I'll never forget. I had him twice. I had him for sophomore year and senior year. Mm. And he kind of had a reputation among the the lower classmen that he was like the scary mean. Right. That's and I always got that it. vibe because I never had him. He played into it. Yeah. So I remember the first day, everybody was silent. Nobody spoke. We all walked in. We were like, oh, no. We got, we got Mr. L. We got mm-hmm. the mean teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and he knew it. <laughs> so for the first day, he was like weeding everybody out. And he goes, all right, everybody. 
Make note of where you're sitting. This is going to be your spot for the rest of the year. I'm going to send around this paper, put your name on your box. And he left a silence just like that. Uh -huh. And then he looked at the person in the front and said, you were supposed to come and take the paper now. <laughs> and they, they scur scurried up yeah. and like grabbed the paper. Yeah. Very timidly walked back to their seats. We sat in another silence. Uh -huh. And then he said, all right, everybody, here's how you're going to take notes. You're going to do them Cornell style. You're going to open up your book. You have an A side and a B side. You write your notes in the B side. The next day, you look at your notes in the A side, and you write three words. Now, I want you to find this page in your book. By tomorrow, I want you to have a full Cornell Notes page on it. This is your first homework assignment. Also, listen to my son's band. <laughs> <laughs> and he spoke just like that, and nobody knew, like, is he, what, is he, is he serious? Yeah. And then he goes... You in the front. Search on Spotify for my son's band. <laughs> and we were like, uh, okay. sure. And he goes, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Find it. So they, they found it and they're like, I, I found it. And he goes, well, play it. <laughs> we're like, uh, out loud. And he goes, yes, we want to hear it. <laughs> So he, he plays the song and he goes, all right, everybody, your homework is to go home and listen to all three of the, the songs from my son's band. <laughs> and then we left and we were all like, was he serious? Yeah, yeah. He was serious. Yep. He himself is on Spotify too, isn't he? Yes, he is. And oh, he, he, a, mo yeah. he made that one song. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That they play over here. Um, he's quite a character. He's, he's a real character. He's a good, yeah. he's a, he's a good musician too. He yeah. is. <laughs> he's quite good. <laughs> What a funny guy. If you were curious, his, his band is A Lot of Lip on Spotify. So you can check him out there. <laughs> okay. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you don't have any English textbooks, though. Be, be, be glad for that. He gave us a lot of books. I remember one book. We were reading like two books at the same time. You were always book, reading like three books at once. He That's never told awful. us I when really to actually that. read the book. So we came, we all came in one day. I think it was the Green Knight or something, right? It was Sir Gawain and the Green yeah, Knight. Sir Gawain or Gawain, whatever. Gawain. Anyway, he, we, we come in one day and he's like, okay, guys, have you finished the book? And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, today we're talking about the book we were supposed to read. We're like, when? <laughs> and like, you know, two people pretended to have read the book to, you know, get points with them. You probably remember. Mad respect Classic. to the one guy who was like, I'll be honest, Mr. L. Yeah. I didn't know we were supposed to read the book. None of us did. None of us, because none of us knew we were supposed to read yeah. it. Yeah, it was one day, like, oh, okay. Yeah. That was that was a fun time. But we were always reading like three books in this class. He really pushed us. I they were good books, though. I can't imagine how how much you would get from each book. That just doesn't seem like a good way to to read, in my opinion. In my opinion. I mean, he's been doing it longer well, than I've been alive. Times. Two and a half. So <laughs> I think he's got it figured out, but still. I don't know. I feel like I learned quite a lot from his class. Oh, I don't doubt it. I For don't sure. doubt it. But I what mean, about writing? The books themselves. Like how much can you have how much can you have gotten from a book that you were reading? I, I don't know at that the same there was two others. Anybody in that class who actually read every single book, there were certainly people who made an honest effort. Hmm. Me being one of them. That's impressive. Mr. L, if you find this, I'm sorry. I did not read every book. I physically could not have done it. I'm almost positive. In fact, I am positive beyond a shadow of a doubt that he knows nobody read every book. I think that was kind of part of his plan. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because with, with the Green Knight, he, he, like, you could tell he knew. Like, a lot of us didn't read it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost none of us read it, actually. But... It's, it's almost as if in a normal class, when you have to read one book, at a time, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone does, because that's what normal people do. You get a lot of people who read it, and you get mm -hmm. a lot of people who don't. And a yeah. lot of people who, you know, kind of in the middle, like, oh, yeah, like I read a little bit of it, and then I skimmed the rest, and then I kind of gave up, right? You get a lot, it's a, it's a wide spectrum. But when you force, and, and, and your goal as a teacher is to homogenize that, right? You want yeah. everyone on the same page. You want to narrow that spectrum as much as you can. Mm -hmm. And if, 
you're you're never going to be able to get everyone to have read it. So the other option is you get no one to have read it. So that's why you assign <laughs> three books at once. Is then everyone will be on in in the same boat. They'll be in the same place on the spectrum. But that's just everyone goes. Oh, you know, I tried to read a little and then I kind of skimmed and then I gave up. You know. Yeah. Everyone will be at that point. Who knows? Maybe maybe that was on purpose. Maybe it was. Very well could have been. I don't know. Maybe he was trying to teach us how to, not to read three books at once, but to make it seem like we read three <laughs> books at once. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I learned a lot from that class. I mean, he's a wise man. He is a wise Very man. Very much. Many years. I mean, he's been, he's been teaching twice as long as we've been alive and then some. Yep. You know. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> I, we were, before the show, you we were discussing epithets. Uh, yes. For example, the honorable, the honorable Luigi, mm. Luigi the luscious, for example, would well, be his epithet. I think Mr. L's would be the wise. One hundred. Mr. L the wise, or the wise Mr. L. <laughs> I think that's a very apt description. I think he would love that. I think it would be perfect, especially especially now that he's retired. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he retired? He did, yeah. I didn't last, even know. Last yeah, he, he year, did. the year before. Oh, wow. It was our last year of high school. Our last year. was his yeah. last year as well. So we were his last class. Yeah. A 45 oh we years. I never even realized that. Wow. I probably realized it and then forgot it because that's how most things go. But wow. That's a that's quite the honor to have. Yeah. That's how I felt. 45. Oh, my God. He didn't the really pressure. say that was his gonna, that was going to be his last year. He didn't say wow. it. Wow. Like, the other teachers knew, and they would tell us. That's... Oh. And then we would bring it up, and he would be like, "Yes, kind of." All right, now open your books. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, wow, that's he taught through and through. Oh he was God. a really, really awesome teacher. Oh. Anyway, yeah, especially now that he's retired, I feel like Mister L the Wise, like he is this sage, mythical figure now. You know. Mm-hmm. He certainly was then too, but now especially. He was a cool guy. Well, I think with that we should probably finish out. Mm-hmm. For today, indeed, Jorgen von Strangle's title of banana expert is is not for naught. We will be speaking about bananas at some point. Let's go. So you'll just have to wait a little bit longer for that one. But until then, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We sincerely do. Thank you very much. If you aren't following us on the Instagram or Twitter, you or excuse me, platform formerly known as Twitter, you yeah. should do that at Enfic Thoughts underscore podcast, and Enfic Thoughts, respectively. We post some really cool drawings and things <laughs> like that. I put a lot of work into those. Very fun. So, without further ado, thank you again. Have a happy, healthy rest of your day. Make it as good as you can make it. See you. <laughs> Doodles.